You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest episode of the Godlife Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so excited that you are tuned in for a brand new episode of the Godlife Culture Podcast. If this is your first time listening, first time watching, first time joining us today, we want to say welcome to our podcast. We hope that you are blessed, encouraged, motivated, inspired, yes. uplifted, <laughs> that you feel great after listening to this podcast. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for being on this journey with us. Um, we've had a lot of uh, new listeners actually in the last few mm-hmm. uh, weeks, especially in last week's episode. We had um, you know, a few uh, different you know people uh, watch right, yeah. and um, we started uploading a lot of shorts on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. YouTube shorts, and we've gotten a lot of people on there as well. So uh, shout out if you are listening to us. Um, for the first time again, thank you yeah. for for choosing to listen to the God Life Culture podcast. podcast. Yeah, how's everything? everything's going good you know the other day i was uh i think it was like two days ago um recently we had been we spoken about like the seasons changing i i don't remember if it was on the pod or off the pod uh you were talking to me about um pumpkin spice that was uh, on the pod it was on the that pod. was our last episode um and whatever this whole conversation about pumpkin spice yeah. people hoarding the flavor hoarding the flavors and all that other stuff happened and the other day for breakfast uh, i stopped by dunkin donuts and they are having this like pumpkin spice situation happening. And I was like, you know what? I've never in my life had pumpkin spice. Let me try it. Let me see. You never know. Let me see what the, the hype is about. <laughs> Did if you I like had it? to describe what it the- tastes like. Okay. I would say you ever walk into like the fall section of like Hobby Lobby or Walmart. Mm-hmm. Like it has a. a a smell mm-hmm. foliage fall type of a thing mm-hmm. that's what that tasted like I, I felt like i was drinking the fall section of a walmart <laughs> like it wasn't bad it was nostalgic a little bit like i was like oh okay it fits the season but it wasn't this thing that i'm like oh I, i'm definitely <laughs> craving for a next time i guess right. like if it's the middle of may and i want to feel like i should be wearing a cardigan i'll drink a pumpkin spice something right uh, but it wasn't i don't know it wasn't it wasn't spectacular really? i wasn't like blown away that's like part of the experience i think that that feeling that you get when you drink it of like fall is here yeah you know what i mean like all of those things like um my wife recently wanted to go get like a pumpkin candle like spice candle yeah, yeah, yeah. and like you know all of that so i think um i don't know i enjoy it no, yeah, there's a taste for everybody. Yeah. I'm just saying that I I was definitely surprised by being transported <laughs> to like the fall section of one of these stores. Right. Um, but it wasn't I mean it was cool. It was fine. Right. It was, okay. It was, like I'm not gonna be like saving um creamers, you know, for the summer. Right. Like other people do. Like I uh, do. Yeah. It it'll just be one of those things. Right. But it was cool. It was okay. an experience. It was, you know, you try and it's stuff. the coffee, not the creamers. Yes, that's what I said. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, it's like one of those things that you try, you figure it out, and mm-hmm. it's good. So, like, if somebody ever gave me a pumpkin spice something, I'll drink it. Right. Um, but, you know, 
So let us know. Do you like yeah. pumpkin or, or do you feel like it's overrated? Let us know. It could be. But yeah. But anyways, um, usually every once in a while, we like to do an episode where we are just like ask each other like random questions and see where the conversation leads us. Yeah. Um, you know, and today is one of those days where we have questions for each other. Uh, maybe like two questions each, uh, four questions in total, um, where we're just going to throw at each other and answer accordingly and then see where it goes. Um, so I'll start. Are you okay with that? Dun, with dun, dun, starting dun, dun. or did you want to start? No, you can start. I'll start. And the first question is, how does competition affect our friendship? How do you think does competition affect the God Life Culture podcast host? Oh, okay. Friendship. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I think it's hard because it's hard being... My friend. It's hard being the person. Um, and then your other friend is always in competition or trying to like be better. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And sometimes <laughs> I find myself... No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, who are you describing because you're not describing us? <laughs> I'm totally joking. Um, you know, it's funny because we've spoken <laughs> about competition before, right? And like different aspects of, mm, yeah. you know, and healthy competition, unhealthy competition. And I've never felt um, a sense of competition like that between us. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But we are very competitive in certain things. Yes. But I have to say, I think it's in a healthy way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like... I think you're way more competitive when in, in more, you know, relaxed uh, environment um, when we're like playing board games or having mm-hmm. a game or whatever. You are very competitive. And we spoke about that before mm-hmm. um, where in that arena. I mean, I guess I, I want to win, but I'm not like super competitive when it comes to, like gaming stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I guess when it comes to just life and trying to be better and trying to work harder and trying to come up with different things and ideas and being creative, um, their competition definitely plays a role. I think with us, the healthy way that we kind of, uh, look at competition, um, is that we encourage each other, hype each other up when we have Mm. things going on. There have been moments where you've told me something, um, that really doesn't apply anything to me. Right. And Mm. it's just something that you're doing, you're working on a step you're taking. And it's like, cool. Like that sounds great. That's awesome. You know what I mean? And I'm, you know, asking you questions about it and whatever. There are things that then I may tell you Mm -hmm. about something I'm working on or something that happened or something at work. And this is a great opportunity, this, that, and the other thing. And you're very much, you know, in the same way. Yeah. Um, so I think competition, I think that's something we're, we don't really have a big concern about, at least in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Right. I think we've learned how to balance it. And I wouldn't say, you know, like I said, competition, I just think it's more of like celebrating each other's wins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and like I said, there are moments where we want to be better. We want to do, you Mm -hmm. know, whether it comes to the podcast or whatever, we're always thinking of, you know, different things to do or talk about how to present, you know, certain topics or whatever, um, within ministry and things that we work on. Um, we teach, you know, Sunday school, Mm -hmm. um, together where the teachers, we kind of alternate every week. Um, I think honestly, I think we handle that pretty well. What do you think? Yeah. I think that our, I think that our competitive nature reflects itself in basically like how you're saying in our ability to push each other. Um, so like whenever we involved in something, whether individually or as a pair, we're always looking to do the best we can. Um, so if that means like pointing out certain things like, Hey, have you thought about this or what about that? Or like throwing and pitching ideas to each other. Um, that's the type of stuff we do. I don't think it's like, uh, I've, 
never I can't even think of a moment where I was doing something and then you made like a slick comment about or you were doing something and I felt weird about like, oh, why is he doing that? I should be doing like I don't think that's ever been part of our nature yeah. uh, with each other. But as people who strive for if we're going to do something, we're going to do the best that we can, regardless of what it is. I think that that's where our competitive nature like jumps in to motivate each other. Yeah. Um, kind of like, you know, like, no, 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 we got to do that. We got to mm-hmm. do it at 100. We got to do this. We got to try our best. We got to change that, you know, that type of thing. And I think because we're very similar in that sense mm-hmm. that we're both we work on things, we have things mm-hmm. we do and whatever we strive, we have drive, we're passionate about stuff. I think, um, I don't know. I think in my opinion, it may be a little, I don't want to say easier, but different than if one of us was the one always striving, coming up with things and doing things. And then the Mm. other was just like, you know, just living, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I think then there, there could be the issue in certain, you know, friendships or relationships Mm. where people are just like, you know, you get all the opportunities or you always have great things happening and nothing really happens for me. And I'm just kind of here and I'm just, you know, yeah, um, I think, I think what I think in other words, our avenues aren't the same. So like we work well together, we do a lot of things similarly, uh, but what we do individually is different. Yeah, I think that's where it is. Yeah. Like if I was maybe doing poetry and spoken word and stuff like that, um, then I think that would create an avenue where if I wasn't secure in that area, mm-hmm. for me to then maybe feel a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. But that's not my flow, so I just hype you up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so what would you say, I guess, to that person who has a friend that they feel is very competitive with them in a negative way? Dump them. No, there's not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's truth to that. Uh, no, I think that, um, listen, c- communication is key yeah. as always. So if you feel that um, their competitive nature is coming from a point of view where they're always like comparing you to them or trying to one up you and be better than you and then like throw that in your face that's not a friend so when i said dump them joking around no i really mean that you know like maybe there's a conversation that does need to happen like hey why do you feel the need to always try to one-up me or why do you feel the need to always compare yourself to me that type of situation those are hard conversations to have not everybody is built for those type of conversations but if you value that person outside of those moments then you have to have that conversation and then you give them an opportunity you know you give them a grace period um to really see if they they make improvements and switch it up Uh, but if you see if this is something that's in their nature man yo walk away yeah because it's not you want someone in your corner um in your circle who is going to support you and is not trying to like screw you over like that's not And I think it's also like that conversation will reveal and expose things. So you Mm. may find that there's a root to that person's competitive nature with you. You know what I mean? Like something, it could be if you have been childhood friends, you know, something Mm. within childhood, something, you know, uh, just in general, like insecurities and stuff that may be exposed and revealed that you may not have known. That now it kind of gives you some clarity as to, wow, like that's why you feel that way. Mm. And it could be something in turn. It's not always the other person. It could be sometimes the way you express mm-hmm. yourself and the way you come across and the Very way true. you communicate your wins and what you're doing and, and the opportunities and blessings that you're experiencing, mm. you know, at the end of the day, celebrating someone else's win doesn't diminish you, doesn't yeah. diminish your wins, your successes, your victories, your light. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it's competition is something we've spoken about it before uplifting other people encouraging other people is very important yeah and if you find yourself where you feel like there's just someone that's always trying to be better do better and isn't all in your face about it 
a conversation definitely needs yeah. to happen. Yeah, and I think that, that it's true because I feel like we've had conversations, not a lot, like very, like rarely um, conversations on just like delivery. Like sometimes we're expressing something in a way that is not meant to make the f- other person feel any type of way, but it does. So it's kind of like, hey, you know that when you said that, that kind of. I don't know. That, that didn't sit too well with me. Uh, and then you work through those conversations yeah. together because, like you said, sometimes it's not intentional. It's just one of those things that happen. But if you never address it and you allow it to continue to build on itself, then that's a frustration that is going to go from, oh, it kind of bothers me to it's starting to irk me to it really bothers me. And then you may explode. Yeah. All right. Next question. This is a good one. Um, when did you realize you could trust me? I'm currently still working on that. <laughs> um, when did I realize that? Mm, that's a that's an interesting one, because I think that there's levels to that. You know, I'm complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like on a professional level, like the first time we worked on something together um, and we like built I think it was like collab- collaboration for um, the concert, like the Chosen, 400 years ago, um, <laughs> that we did that thing. I think that on a creative spectrum, like on a creative level, that's mm-hmm. when I was like, oh, this dude is about his business. It was our first time working on something. You had your team of people that you had to like gather together and meet us for rehearsals and stuff like that or whatever. And, you know, so that I would say that um, I think on a personal level, I would say it's it's progressively gotten better through the years. I think that, you know, you <laughs> you made that face because <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> no, no, because what I mean from that, I get you, in get the you. in the most in the best way possible, mm-hmm. you know, because I feel like when people become friends with people it's like, oh, we're friends. We get along. Oh, I trust you with everything. And then it's like you've known that person for two minutes. Like, right. chill, relax. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that as your friendship grows and as your friendship, you know, strengthens, you know, it's like there's levels of things that you become more and more comfortable, like sharing with them and being more open about being more vulnerable about, um, you know, because I don't think I don't think years ago I would have been comfortable with being like, yeah, I'm having a down day. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I don't even think those type of conversations happened with us mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, but, you know, as time progressed, progressed and, you know, our friendship strengthened, then it became a thing where if you were having a day that you were feeling a certain type of way or I was having a day I was feeling a separate way, I can express that and mm-hmm. it will be, a, you know, it'll be fine. So I think that in reference to trusting, I think from the beginning, there's always been an establishment of some sort of trust, uh, whether it was because of our commonalities and interests and our, you know, professional work. Um, methods and stuff like that but through the years it has strengthened Mm -hmm. so and i think that will continue to strengthen yeah so what about you i think that sometimes you realize that you could trust people Mm -hmm. right but then there are moments where you may forget that Mm -hmm. right not that you take it for granted but you know these people may always be in your life they may always be like around you and you kind of may forget like i know i can trust them yeah why am i not then being more open or more mm. honest or sharing certain parts of myself. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think um, then there are moments where you're reminded, mm-hmm. right? Like you can trust this person. You know what I mean? And I think trust issues is something everyone deals with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even those individuals who seem like they can easily trust people that mm-hmm. they just met, there's still some trust issues there. You know what I mean? I think for the most part, um, everyone is afraid to be open and share and um, expose, you know, things about themselves or just, 
you know, afraid of being let down or yeah. disappointed or, you know, betrayed or whatever. So I think when it comes to trust, that's kind of what everyone is always aiming for. Right. In school, mm-hmm. when I ask my students all the time, what do you want? What do you look for in friends? What do you look for in this? That, the other thing, trust is always like, <laughs> you know, that they're trustworthy. It's like the first thing that mm. comes to mind, you know, because we all want someone that we can trust. Yeah. You know. Um, so I have to agree with you. I think, um, you know, when it comes to our friendship, that is true. The idea that as the years have progressed, um, I think, and that's the way it should be, Mm. right? You almost earn people's trust Mm -hmm. and not that you, you know, strive every day to prove yourself to someone, but life and experiences, um, will definitely put you in positions to prove yourself to mm-hmm. people around you. You know what I mean? Mm. So I have to agree that I think as years have progressed, um, that trust has, you know, evolved. Evolved. Right. Mm. Um, and yeah, is I there, mean, is I, there a moment that <laughs> stands out? No, because there was, I'm de- I was debating on something. Okay. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. I mean, I think there is definitely, um, mm moments right but i think the moment uh for me Mm. um wasn't too long ago was just a situation that you had to have a hard conversation with me about right Mm -hmm. not nothing even had to do with us it was Mm -hmm. like an external situation Mm -hmm. and um i remember uh seeing how difficult of a conversation that was Mm -hmm. for you to Mm -hmm. have and how it could have it was like risky like it could have went in so many different directions Mm -hmm. um and I remember leaving like that moment kind of recognizing like, A, he didn't have to do this mm-hmm. Two, he didn't have to, you know, <laughs> bring this up or talk uh-huh. about it in this way or whatever. And th- that took a lot, you know, to mm-hmm. say. But it was in that moment that I realized like or it was confirmed again or, mm-hmm. you know, strengthened that idea of this is someone that, you know, is on your side that you can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, there are moments I can't get into too much detail. No, I get it. I know, I know. (laughs) You got to join our Patreon. Join our Patreon and you know, imagine. We can, but you know. Uh, Yeah, no, and I think that that's, you know, those are signs of friendships, like true friendships, where through the years you will have situations that happen where you're kind of like you have to prove your loyalty and your trust uh, for the other people as well. You know, where there may be situations where you have to make the decision of, do I have that tough conversation? Do I not say anything? anything about a situation that I know is going to affect them eventually down the line. Let that be a situation that they deal with or be like, no, this is my, you know, this is my friend. I have to give them a heads up. I have to speak to them about this or, you know, anything. It could be anything in general where I feel like there are moments where you're put in a position where unwillingly you have to be like, you know what? That's my boy. I got to. I got to be there for them and I got to say this or I got to check out, look out for them or I got to speak up for them when they're not in the room because that's a whole nother thing as well. You know, it's not only about what you do to the person's face is what you do when the person is not in the room. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's something that is very important. Do I feel comfortable being in a room with you and a bunch of people and then me walking away not feeling like, oh, I'm the topic of conversation and he's not going to have my back? You know, if you feel that way with your friends, then that's a trust area that you guys need to work on Mm -hmm. um, as well. Like you should feel comfortable to know that if so and so is in a room and anything having to do with you comes up, they got your back. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And like I said, that's something that at the end of the day always comes back around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So eventually you'll find out what somebody said. You'll Mm -hmm. find out what, you know, is going on. And a lot of times, you know. Um, if you've been in in that situation before, a lot of times 
you don't even tell the other person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's almost like you keep that and it's reserved. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where you know kind of where you stand with that individual and know like, you know, it's just somebody I have to like, you know, watch my back with and yeah. not say certain things or just, you know what I mean? Um, so just because things aren't said, right, doesn't necessarily mean they're not known. Very true. Yeah. All right. Next question is, what's your greatest fear about getting older? You're about to turn 30 next year. Some people would consider that to be like if they're turning, they're like, oh, I'm so old or whatever. Yeah. No, I don't Um, feel that way. But in Um, general. I think a fear of getting older. A few things come to mind, but I think one would be. And I don't want to sound cliche when I say this Mm -hmm. or the way it's intended. Right. Or like okay. when people say this, because okay, okay. I, I hear this often, um, but I'm going to explain myself, I guess, missing my purpose. Mm. You know what I mean? And when I say that is not necessarily like, you know. I lived life and I didn't do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. But just the idea of like, you know, did I do everything I was supposed to do? Mm-hmm. You know, was there something I should have done that I didn't? Mm-hmm. You know, was there a step I should have taken that I didn't? Was there a risk I needed to take? It was going to be risky, but in the end, it would have worked out. Like, you know, did I give everything I was supposed to give when I was here? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that's something that I think about often where it's like, you know, I look at things that God has said. I look at, you know, things that he's promised. And, you know, then the other element will be like, you know, will those things happen? Right. So it's like that question, too. But as you get older, time starts ticking and you Mm. just start realizing like, all right, God, you know, Mm -hmm. and we've spoken a lot about that. Mm -hmm. But just the idea of purpose and did I fulfill my purpose 100 percent while Mm. I was here, you know, or before I get to a certain age where it's like there's certain, you know, things you can't do anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be harder to do. So I think those are the things I think about often where it's like, you know. Did I live out everything I was supposed to do? Did Mm -hmm. I bring things to life that I was supposed to bring to life? Did I execute things? Did I, you know, uh, do what I was called to do? Or, you know, did I, like, start something and not, like, really take it to where I needed to go? Did I take this opportunity but didn't really take full advantage of it? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I was supposed to make this decision. I didn't. And that's kind of why I missed this moment in my life. You know, I think those are fears that um, a lot of people have. You know, what do you think? Do you think about getting older? Um, is that something that crosses your mind? It doesn't cross mine until I, in moments it, like this. It doesn't, <laughs> like, I'm not actively yeah. thinking about it, but there are things that would trigger that. Okay. I think, um, like, an example of that was, like, yesterday, me and uh, some coworkers, um, well, her, her youngest is, uh, her oldest is starting pre-K next week for example, and then her other kid is going to start um, daycare. So just the idea, like she expressed the idea of, man, like it feels like yesterday and feels like years ago at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I had this kid and they're grown, now they're going to school. And like we were starting to have that conversation with the kids. So I think that when you when I reflect on certain things like that, um, I'm like, oh, man, oof, that's true. Like I have a, a kid that's about to be six. Yeah. Where to me, I feel like he just was bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, oh, no, he's about to be six. Yeah. And then I start to think about where was I at six? Right. Like at six years old, where was I in my life? What was going on in my life? So things like that would trigger that. I think that there's a there's a real 
Um, there's like a soundtrack that people put on real sometimes. Um, it's like one day you'll leave this world behind. Um, I don't want to sing it, but it's, it's mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and it's usually like they're there. So the music is playing and it's them like doing um, like a bunch of like little videos and pictures and cuts of like a bunch of stuff that's happened. Um, so it's basically like saying like just make sure that, you know, that you're happy, like you're, yeah. you, that you like what happened. So I think that when it, my fear with getting older is exactly that. So it's kind of similar to yours in the way that you're like, I just want to make sure I did everything I had to do. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I experienced everything I could have experienced. Mm-hmm. Like that's my thing with getting older, um, which is like, you know, time goes by like this and you'll blink. And, you know, you're, you know, you want to make sure that you had the experience with your kids that you could have had. You want to make sure you had the experience with your wife that you could have had with your family, your friends that you could have had. And then not be a thing where maybe you were putting too much energy and focus on things that's kind of like work will be there. Like, forget about work. Like, yeah, be responsible, but don't break your face for work. Like, you know, unfortunately, sometimes with ministry, it's kind of like leave the ministry, like give it a break. Like, go have fun with your friends. Go have fun with your family. Um, so I think that that's my feel with getting older, that I just want to make sure that everything that I could have experienced that I actually do and that I'm not, you know, at 90, if I make it that far, thinking about oh i really wanted to do that but now at 90 i can't jump off a plane i can't go skydiving well so actually that's not true you can if you're good enough to do it right <laughs> but you know like anything like just mm-hmm. experiences in general i really want to make sure that i'm having them um that way i can just be like you know what i did it i yeah. did life and it wasn't just being alive yeah I agree. And I think that those decisions, we don't have to wait till we reach a certain age to start realizing that or reflecting on that. Mm. I think there are things that we can actively do that now that will kind of help ensure that we don't end up thinking that in the future or Mm. kind of in the future being like, man, I missed out, you know? Mm. And I think a lot of times it's just, you know, having certain conversations that will spark things to happen. You know what I mean? Um, or just, you know, I may have to get a second job for three months just so I can afford to take a trip, you know, like little things like that, that it may be tough for those three months or four Mm. months, but it's like, you know, when you take your trip, when you have those memories and you Mm. experience that, you can say like, man, we really wanted to travel and go here, really couldn't afford it. I got a second job just so I could, you know, be financially responsible and secure and all these things. And we did it. You know, so I feel like there are things that we can actively do now to just ensure that when we reach a certain age in our life that we don't look back and just say, you know, I didn't do much. I could have done more. You know, it's true. And I think you also have to, you know, you have to be creative, like, you know, like you can't use finances always as an excuse. Like maybe you really can't afford to go to, you know, uh, Fiji, Bora Bora, Greece or something like that. Uh, But you can take a road trip. Like, take right. a road trip to the next city over or do, like, little things like that where it's a little bit more in your budget, but you're still creating experiences for you to have. Yeah, and maybe, you know, we, Fiji's very popular here. Right? We talk <laughs> about Fiji a lot. But the idea that, you know, maybe you can't go to Fiji, but uh-huh. where else can you go yeah. that is maybe giving you, you know... The same energy. Say, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you probably can't afford Fiji, but can you afford, like, you know... Um, Aruba, or mm-hmm. can you afford, you know, like one of those smaller islands that yeah. go you to know, Puerto Rico, are go to the Dominican Republic, nice. yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. So Jamaica, yeah, all that. Uh. <laughs> okay, um, if you could have any job in the world, what would it be, and why? I would be a uh, social media influencer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. That's weird. Uh, that that's a weird question. Um. Because I don't think that there is a job 
that I would particularly want. I think that it would be a crevice that I would have crafted out for myself where I could mm -hmm. be creative. Um, you know, obviously, you know, still do things like this and still serve in ministry, but in a very like creative and different way. Um, but that would make me mad money because who doesn't want to have money? Um, but it would also give me the time to do, like I said in my last question, just experience stuff and have really, you know, time to like do life with my family, with my wife, with my kids, uh, my friends. Um, so it'll be it'll be like this this thing where I would feel satisfied uh, professionally and creatively and in ministry, but that also gave me a lot of time and finances yeah. to to do things so there isn't it's not like oh i want to be a doctor i want to be a lawyer i want to be um uh a mechanic like there isn't a thing that i would like to do mm -hmm. it's more like um an avenue yeah that i'm interested in i agree because i think i was going along the same route i think for me i've always wanted to be a teacher so it's hard mm -hmm. right so like because that's like my dream job as people say right yeah. i was five years old knowing i wanted to be a teacher but um, there are other things that I enjoy, mm -hmm. right? Um, I, I've always said if I wasn't a teacher, I'd want to be like a counselor or mm -hmm. like social worker or something like that. Um, but I mean, I don't think there is a specific job, mm -hmm. right? That would be like, I could do anything. This is what I would want to be, right? I think, like you said, it would be something, you know, in the creative field where, um, I can, you know, speak to people or like, you know, help people, um, you know, create things, design things kind of, you know, uh, especially like, you know, within social media and things like that, podcasting, I think all mm. of those things together, all of that could be a job. <laughs> so it's almost like everything I do on the side. Yes. So after yep. I teach, after mm. Mr. Pagan leaves that building, mm. you know what I mean? Everything else I morph into, mm. if I could do that. That instead. Yeah. Yeah. Times I agree. 10. Yep then it would be that would be my like not dream job but the job that i would love yeah. to have no and i think it's true and i think that everyone has the thing that they i think there's a small population of people um who are actually living their dream job fantasy yeah where they're doing exactly what they wanted to do it's giving everything that it was supposed to give for them in their life and all that and all that um and then there's a group of people who sometimes due to life circumstances situations um, or maybe not knowing, like maybe you spend a lot of your time not knowing and then you find yourself at 40, like finally discovering it. And then now you find yourself in that weird place. Like, do I make the, do I take the chance? Do I try to follow my passion or do I stay with what I've been doing for the last 20 years? Um, you know, but I think that wherever you have room to maneuver, uh, yourself towards something that you're a little bit more passionate about, then I think you should definitely do it. You know, yeah. it can start off as a hobby. It can right. start off as a side hustle. Um, and then if it grows into something that now it's encompassing your whole life, so then now you have to make certain decisions, definitely do that. But as long as you're able to scratch that itch, whether it's just as a hobby or as a side hustle, I think it'll bring you more joy. It'll bring you more life. It'll bring you more happiness. And why would you, you know, not give that to yourself. Yeah. There's so many people I think living unsatisfied when it comes to like careers and mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And I think it's important to ensure that you take steps to make sure that you yeah. don't stay in that. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Cause I think it can be easy to stay in that kind of routine, um, that pattern. You're not happy. You're not enjoying it. You're not satisfied. You're not giving your best and you're just there. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, you know, there are few individuals who then have those feelings and feel all of that, but then decide like, okay, I'm 
going to take a step and do something else, mm. you know? And I think that that step is what you need to figure out what it is. You know, is it the hobby? Is it the side hustle? Is it something, a passion project, they call it, that you work on that really is what is giving you that life and that mm. energy? And maybe it, you know, you find yourself where you you feel like you're older, you know, in your late 30s or 40s, and you just kind of feel like, you know, I can't go back to school now. It's too late. I can't go back. You definitely can. Mm. You know what I mean? And um, I remember when I was in college seeing a lot of, you know, people as well who were, you know, older and, and hearing their stories, it was kind of crazy. Like some people just saying, I always wanted to be a teacher, never really followed that, you know, and yeah. now I'm older, my kids are older, and I just feel like this is something I've always wanted to do. I want to do it and i think that in itself is very inspiring to hear mm. that you know whatever life served you whatever circumstances happened you didn't let life take over you yeah. know what i mean and you decided like listen i've always wanted to do this i know it's late in the game i know it's not at the time i expected but i'm gonna take that step and i'm gonna do it mm -hmm. and i'm gonna work hard and sometimes you have to take that control and that initiative of your life's narrative. Yeah, and I think it's important because, listen, at the end of the day, if you know that you're passionate about something that you would love to try something out, then do it. It doesn't matter if you have to go to schooling for it. Let's say the schooling takes three years. You're still going to live those three years. So yeah. do you want to live those three years doing the schooling so that three years from now you're in a better place where you um, will be more happy? Or are you going to let the three years pass by that you could have been doing the schooling and then look back at it like, oh, I should have did it. Like, mm -hmm. no, do it. Whatever it is, take that course, take that online class, do that, you know, that workshop, do that, you know, um, shadowing. If you have to that internship, do it because that time is going to pass anyway. So why not make sure you're using it and utilizing it for the thing that you could be doing that will make you happier in the future? Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's good. It is. That came from. Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys once again for tuning in. If you are on social media, which I know you are, follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at God Life Culture Podcast. You can subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Check out our YouTube channel if you are listening to us. We have content up there, and um, you can be notified every time we drop a new episode yeah so once again thank you for tuning into the latest episode of the god life culture podcast that's god, god life culture. culture until next time see ya bye